My name's Kendra Houseman from Out of the Shadows, and you're about to listen to a series of interviews that took place over nine months. I want to know what life would be like for a child that had been through domestic abuse, parental mental health, poverty, and exploitation, to name a few. What would happen if we created a team, an army almost, to support that child? 28 people were interviewed, all with the same question in mind. What could have been different for child B? You're about to listen to Blondie's People. So follow us on our journey where I will speak to everyone from George the Poet to some of my good friends as we discover what it takes to become one of Blondie's people. Within these episodes, you will find answers, you will find guidance, and most of all, you will find an insight to a world that many do not know. There's a trigger warning for some of these episodes, and some of them are not child-friendly. We're going to talk about things that are very, very raw and real. So kick back and get ready for a journey, a journey you will not forget. Welcome to Blondie's People. Welcome to episode 10 of Blondie's People, where we're going to speak to Sabrina and Nathan Dennis, the founders of First Class Legacy. These two people, well, where do we start? They're out here making the change that some people only speak about, and they're out here trying to make a difference for our young people so that we can grow up in a society that isn't filled with so much hate and disappointment. This episode focuses on the importance of healthy relationships and, and why healthy relationships are important for young people to understand. Um, this interview is for Blondie's people. My name is Kendra Kaufman from Out the Shadows, and today we're interviewing uh, Sabrina and Nathan Dennis. The king and queen have arrived, actually, which you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> So I ask everyone the same question, but they know they've got answers separately because we've got two lots of people going on here. So okay. who are you and what do you do? We'll come to Sabrina first. Ladies first. <laughs> cool. My name is Sabrina Dennis. Um, I am the uh, CEO of First Class Legacy Limited. Um, I am Nathan's wife, his better half. I'm also the author of a book called A Piece of the Pie and a mother to our four daughters as well, so quite a busy person. That's who I am. <laughs> Nathan, who are you? Hi everybody. Uh, do you want to ask the question first and then I'll respond? <laughs> Ready? Who are you and what do you do? Well, I do a few things. Well, my name's Nathan Dennis. Um, hello everyone that's listening. Um, thank you for having us, Kendra. Really, really love this. This is awesome. Um, so I'm Nathan, um, founder of First Class Legacy, um, an organization that specializes in youth and community engagement strategies, um, and also a trustee of our newly founded um charity called first class foundation oh okay where do we even start so <laughs> i know you from first class legacy so can you tell me where did that concept come from and, and why did you start it yeah it really burst from um myself really going through a lot of frustrations and disappointments with how i felt um, statutory services were delivering services around the west midlands area so I thought, how could we create an organization that was culturally appropriate, was flexible, um, was you know, driven by a values-based approach, and basically came up with this idea of First Class Legacy, really. It originally formed in its first infancy in like 2005 as a youth and community organization. But then after the um, government change, Labour government um, lost the power, conservatives came in, a lot of cuts happened in, within the sector. So I went away for a bit, done some work in a charity, and then just really was burning inside to do, do my own thing. Um, and, and I was begging for my wife 
to yeah, basically begged, begged. <laughs> to be a part of what I was doing because in the in the first um, experience of doing the first class youth organization, Sabrina wasn't really involved, and I wanted to do something that was together, like both of us could do, because obviously a lot of the stuff that we do is centered around helping young people, helping families, helping adults within our community, some of the most vulnerable and the most broken. And for me, I want to be able to, um, there's a saying that they say in a Jamaican culture, dance a yard before you dance abroad. So that basically means if you're going to be, practice what you're preaching it at home, like don't be out there trying to do all these services and, and provide all of this, but inside your household, you're not actually practicing what you're doing. Yeah. And, and I think you live by that very much. Um, do you know what? We haven't talked about this before, but do you remember how we first met? Um, you invited me down to this church this this church you told me to come down and speak with these people yes. and i was yes. like oh and what actually happened was the day before it was the day before my son's birthday everything went wrong and i come down it was hot like it is today i traveled yeah. for hours and hours walked in and what you had said to me is you don't need a powerpoint and everyone else had a powerpoint and i was like how is this gonna go down and i spoke and i've never felt so welcome in my life like i spoke i'm still friends with like loads of people from that one day loads wow. of people yeah and it just you made me feel but both of you made me feel so welcome so i think that's the essence of, of what you kind of do you make people feel yeah incredible. that's awesome to hear because right, yeah because it's, it's, it's brilliant <laughs> because that means our values are working because yeah. we have about six core values yeah. based okay. on faith love time passion, passion integrity fun and laughter and one of the things that we're passionate about is Everything that we do, we want to have a love for. We don't want to just do stuff that's just like a tick box exercise. We have a faith and a belief. So obviously we're faith-based, but um, the key faith in this instant is around, we have this ability and this belief that everyone we work with um, can change, that their lives can be transformed. So we come from that perspective that anything is possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. Really. There, was, there were two boys speaking. Do you remember? There was Charlie Brown and there was another boy, um, his son. I can't remember their name. Rem, yeah. So Rem, I watched him. I forgot his name for a minute, but I, I follow him on Twitter um, and on Instagram. He's doing amazing. I speak to Charlie Brown like once a week. Like we're in contact wow. all the time because what comes from that is, you know, I was drawn to these people to say, so how can we help each other? And I don't, you never knew that, but yes, and me and Charlie Brown, he's that's awesome. you. I know it's mad, isn't it? Like, that's what you've done. Wow. You also, I remember, I don't know if you heard me say this, but you made me feel comfortable in a place that I'd never felt comfortable for a long time. I'm not good in church. I uh, come there, I left there like, ah, what? And so <laughs> you definitely preach what you, you definitely preach what you do. It's very true in what you say. Everything you've said that's there. Yeah, yeah, preach what you Very yeah, no oh, problem. That's amazing. That's awesome. Thank that's, you. That's brilliant to hear. That is. The Thank training, you, Shane. The training you deliver, what I've seen, we'll get into the bits I've done with you, but the training I see is very genuine. But more than that, it's impactful. A lot of people deliver training and they are almost tick boxing. They're like, right, we need to cover county lines, this, this, and this. What I've seen you guys do is completely different. So, what is the aim of your training? When you're going out and talking to people, what is it you're trying to get across? Do you want me to answer? So for, for, for a lot of organisations, they always, they need to train their workforce or whoever it is on a topic. So the one that you came and saw was like the county lines and stuff like that. 
but for us it's it's deeper than that it's deeper than raising an awareness and it's deeper than letting them know what things are it's creating systemic change everything that we do has got to create a change in the way that organizations do things in general um some of the reasons why young people and adults fall into certain lifestyles is because there wasn't enough change yeah. in their life from the very beginning and then yeah. they've gotten into organizations that are sort of dinosaurs you know it's just old school they don't understand what's happening the need is so our, our, our fundamental premise is that whatever we do and whoever we work with they have to want to work with us um, we challenge the socks off most organizations when we work with them. It's mm -hmm. not, we're not easy because we know that it's one thing for us to come in not there and yeah, to but, disrupt the norm and change. Yeah, but, but in a way that's not like rude. Oh, yeah. We're not trying to be rude. We're not trying to be <laughs> disrespectful. But we're, if, you, if you contract with us or you're agreeing to work with us, you're giving us permission to challenge you and be that different voice, yeah. to be that diverse voice, um, to be that critical friend, um, to be that consultant or you know, just that kind of board whereby you can bounce ideas off and hear a different perspective. And I think that's what we lack um, within society and in a lot of our structures and organisations is that real diversity of thought and, yeah. and thinking. And that's why sometimes our services become samey, samey. I think what you would have experienced, especially when you came out to the West Bromwich football yeah. ground training event that we did. And what was that for about 200 practitioners? That wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 220 practitioners. Yeah, wow. <laughs> 220 practitioners um, for someone's children safeguarding. Yeah, yeah. So that was a big deal for us. And one of the things that you probably would have seen, even from the program design, how we designed the programs, colored brochures, um, how we set the tables. Um, we used the, bas the baskets with the, yeah. the baskets are blowing people's heads because the effort that was just in that. People, yeah. I went and spoke with people, that sound well blew people's minds. The effort that went into everything was noticed by everyone. But sorry, yeah, and, and, yeah, and, that's and, it. and that is it. And that's what, what is important. I'm glad you said that because we plan that stuff. That is just not by accident. People don't just accidentally sit on a table and have what we call like our treat baskets. Because remember what we said at the start, values-based approach. So one of our values is about love. It's about fun and laughter. If you do not feel love, that energy in that room, if you do not f laugh, even so we're talking about the more serious yeah. topics, how many times are people laughing at that event? Yeah, yeah. It's wicked. And, it's just wicked. Yeah, and, and this is what we can say, is that even though we, we have to deal with and we have to navigate very challenging topics, I still think that we can bring our human, our nature, yeah. to um, events, to training, and we just, we just want to be ourselves. And ultimately, what we've found, and what's crazy, and you probably go for this, is that, the best person to be is yourself yeah. because that's what actually people like. Yeah. People want something different in it. People don't want the same, the same or same. When we first started off, we're trying to like um, position ourselves in a particular way. And we just says, you know what, let's but take off stuff <laughs> and just be, and who, who connects to us will connect to us. But then that's what, that's where we get the lasting change. And that's what happens that people come to the conference. They engage with us in different ways. They yeah. see, the treat baskets, they hear the information, they get the resources, but they remember how they felt when they were in the room. Absolutely. They remember who they spoke to. Like you said, you like, yeah, I spoke to so many people after that. I was talking about little things that were on the table or whatever else, but you remember it and it creates a lasting change. If you can, if we can connect to people's hearts that way, then we can get to their minds as well. So we try to do that in, mm -hmm. in all of the work that we do reading. So what, what, what we've done since that event is that we really sat down, took times that, took time out 
to really like look at what is it that we want to do together. Um, so we've just literally in the, the last stages of about to launch an arm of First Class Legacy, which is called Legacy Consultants. Mm -hmm. And basically what that is, is delivering training and consultancy for staff teams, for individuals yeah. who need it. And we've got three key training offers. So the first one you've seen a bit about, which is the Navigating the New Terrain, which is where we talk about the changes in technology, the changes in the landscape. We kind of challenge practitioners and organizations to think about the systems, their methods, their approaches. Navigating the new terrain is really, really good. We, we bring in the kind of concept around um, Generation Z and we, we challenge people to think, are your services fit for purpose? Are they, are they connecting with these young people that are using social media? I remember in your presentation, you talked about just the fact about language and how language is evolving and young people's language always changing. Like when we done that conference, it correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think TikTok was out, or if it was out, it wasn't how it was popping now. You know, you spoke about it, or it was spoken about, sorry, but it weren't like yeah. it is now. I had to go and look it up. I was like, what, what is that all about? Yeah, and now TikTok's the platform that most young people are yeah. using. So we have to be ahead, because if services are thinking, oh, I want to do a Facebook page, that's old news now. <laughs> and Instagram, oh, that's old, you know, now it's Instagram's still there, but TikTok's moving. So that's one of the training offers we do. We also have um, our training program called Effective BAME Engagement Strategies, where we talk about some of our methodologies, some of our approaches, things like the fact that a lot of our approaches now are independently evaluated. So we've had an independent evaluation by the Center for Mental Health. And some of, some of that evaluation revealed that there were certain nuances that we were doing and methods that we were using that was making us successful. So two of them as just an example is the fact that when we deliver services, we are using um, relatable role models, mm -hmm. people who have come from similar backgrounds or can connect with the, um, the, the audience that we're trying to engage with, the, the power of stories, mm -hmm. which, you, which you so powerfully do, um, the fact that we create psychologically and culturally informed spaces. So in that training, it's about us teaching from our 15 years plus of youth and community engagement strategies, it's now we're training practitioners to go out there and do that or, or to implement these changes within their organizations yeah. and the last one you can just talk about um can you see me so yeah can you see me kind of encompasses the other two um training methods that nathan talked about but also we do a lot of um experiential learning so we go out on the ground with those who are on the training course and we take them into the communities um to engage with young people who mm -hmm. they traditionally deem hard to reach um, and we kind of train them along the way but kind of throw them in the deep end and say okay you've got to now try and do this like mm -hmm. how how's it going to work for you but with on top of that we give them time to look stop and um, pause and reflect upon their own practice mm -hmm. and what they have been doing in the past to kind of realize that actually what we're doing now mm -hmm. doesn't work i've now been out and i've engaged with the community i see how the community are i know what they talk about and i can now inform inform my practice with yeah. that learning so that's another way in which we do it what's beautiful about this is actually my favorite it's our kind of brainchild it's because we was thinking about everything that we deliver and we was thinking how can we make it even more real and emotional impact because i don't because i feel like if it doesn't hit your heart and your mind you don't really bring behavioral change organizations yeah. so we've we've created it as like a three-day leadership development course whereby there's some of it's classroom based and then the majority of it 
is actually going out there. So for instance, if you was coming to Birmingham and we delivered it in the Birmingham region, we would go to local like restaurants, takeaways, so that the practitioners can feel the community, can yeah. hear the community, dine with the community. Um, then we'll do like um, going out and doing a bit of mapping together and, and show practitioners, well, senior leaders, how we do mapping and mappings around do you connect with the local police, the fire service? Do you know who what's happening on the ground? And then there's a bit of, um, you could call it a bit of bougie, whereby in the evening time we've, we've planned where we'll go to different diverse type of restaurants. So it could be the local Balti restaurant or the Caribbean food yeah. shop or the Polish um, delicacy or Italian. And we have conversations where we call it the kitchen table talks approach, where we're sitting around the table with some food, unlearning i mean unpacking what we've learned in the day so it's really hands-on you know on the ground so we're really excited about that and it's called can you see me can you see me yeah can you see me <laughs> I love it. do you know what you can't operate like that anyway i'm going to tell you how i know that like this is something that is you as people when i come down the first time when it comes to lunchtime, um, i don't think i went to eat what's for lunch so i turned around to somebody and said oh what can i do for lunch and there was a couple of boys there that were, well, one was fully involved with gang, but he was looking for a way out. He yeah. took me to the shop. He took me to get my lunch. We went and sat on the estate. He's like, no, no. And he's, I remember his accent was so strong. He's like, no, come, you'll be fine. And I was like, really? And it was so natural. When I come back, you know, everything was just so natural. Nothing felt forced at all. So even though that's your brainchild now, I do think that's you as people. It is very legit and very authentic. That's all I can say. That oh, makes thank you. <laughs> Wow, thank nice. you. It's nice to hear. Thank you. Well, <laughs> was you I'm blushing. <laughs> Do you think that you something like Sandwell will happen again? I'm going to put a link for Sandwell so people can just see that little um, montage that you made because it was absolutely amazing. Is something like that going to happen again? Hmm. Because <laughs> I'm a positive optimist, yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm like yes and no, depending on where we are. Depends it? on where it's, depend, yeah. it's all. It's really. And I think this is the challenge for statutory services is that you can, you can start well, but it's about how you finish. Yeah. So, you know, we've been waiting, we've been trying to negotiate with them to talk about what's the next steps. We did give them a delivery plan that was longer than just today. Cause we've seen that this topic was beyond that. So we was going to yeah. do like module workshops and break down some of the, the stuff into more granular detail, but um, that haven't come back to us um, yet. And unfortunately, especially in, because we do a lot of different type of work, but if we was focusing this conversation around the kind of youth violence, kind of child exploitation kind of perspective, I think the problem is that we were, we we're too reactional. Yeah. So it's only when the crisis has happened, Absolutely. then people are running around and saying, oh, we need to do this. Help, need us, to do help us, yeah. Yeah, help us. And you find that some of our best commissions are always in um, underspend years or end of financial years. And it's like, you need to do a bit more planning. And you remember some of the conversations we had at that conference around um, statutory services, partnering, partnering with smaller organizations to, to be able to be more cutting edge. Um, so they said that the lip service was there, but in terms of the continuation, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and I think also um, for them, a lot of what they can do or what they prioritize in the terms of the delivery plan doesn't actually come from the people that are working within that specific area so it's really frustrating because if you were to speak to safeguarding they would say we have a definite need to do more training on this 
but when they go, it goes upstream and further further up they would see something completely different as the priority yeah. mm -hmm. so that's it that's when we talk about um systemic change within organizations that they need to be communicating with one another more frequently around what the needs are um, and then and work with organizations like ourselves yeah. and, others, and have a more system, systematic, systemized approach yeah, to, to working, to with, working grassroots, with grass yeah grassroots organizations and getting young people's voices involved and grassroots voices because you're just going to miss a treat because what i find statutory services do is that they they work in isolation they come out of the isolation with what they think is a fantastic idea and by the time they've come out with the idea, it's old yeah. <laughs> and it's not relevant and it's not for an I think that the agenda's moved on slightly. But if you have, like, not just us, we're talking about others, you know, different voices, expert voices at your table from at the, you know, the very beginning, we call it co-production. And that's one of the things that we talk about in our effective BAME engagement yeah. training is that it's so vital and critically important to co-produce ideas and projects get young people, get the community involved. Yeah. Because if you get their buy-in from the start, when it comes to delivery phase, people are more bought in because it actually came from the, the roots up, yeah. not like head top down. Some of the stuff that our young people are going through in all our areas, you know, there's children and young people dying. That's what, I, that's what aggravates me with the services is that the stuff that you're doing will save lives. You know, I heard people talking. I sat and ate at the at Sandwell conference with two lead safeguarding and, uh, officers and somebody from um, domestic violence and they said that what you were saying was so unique about the way you want it to work that it would save lives and, and I think that's important people need to realize that, that that's the priority we're here to safeguard and save lives so everything else yeah. should come second if that makes sense do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. What's, what's interesting as you're speaking you, you're just triggering a memory because I think I was hosting that event, didn't it? Yeah. And I actually remember in the feedback session how many practitioners stood up. And I think it's actually in the video clip that you're going to use in this. Yeah. Is that a, a practitioner actually says, we are not equipped. We are so out of touch. Yes. They, say, they confessed it with their own mouth, but does it do nothing with it? And, and you know what? That's everywhere. So that's, you know, where I work, everywhere I go, we go in, we deliver what we've done, but then they kind of think that's it. They think that's the fix. Nah, our children need long-term investment. Our young people need us to be there for a long time. Hence why I stayed in touch with certain people. I'm investing in them. So everything you're saying, hopefully by these kind of platforms, people will listen to you because I can vouch that both of you talk complete sense. Everything you delivered that day, I was like, yeah, that's exactly how it should be, you know? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So the reason you're on Blondie's people, everyone's chosen for a reason, and I'll kind of explain to you the reason. When I was growing up, I come from a very broken home, very much so, and I had no positive role models around me at all, let alone relationships. I didn't have anyone around me that I looked to and go, oh yeah, that's somebody I want to be like. There were just people I didn't want to be like. However, if I'd grown up around you guys and seen how your relationship looks with, together and for your children, I would have had a different understanding of relationships. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. I look to you, I watch the stuff that you do, because I think, how? So I'll bring it round to that. You're very family-led. I mean, you even go and, like, deliver your daughter's cakes, don't you, on her cake business? <laughs> yeah, so like, I'm currently I'm employed on a Wednesday <laughs> and a Saturday. And it, Saturday. Yeah, Wednesday and Saturday, I'm um, delivery boy. I saw a picture, I saw a picture of one of her tray bakes, right? So I'm all the way in Kent, and I was, I was like... That, that. So you're very family based and that's what I think people love. But how does that work? Working as 
working as a husband and wife team, how do you make that work? Ah, uh, there's so much. Yeah, I want to try and screen it. I'm trying to like. I would love to screen share, but my laptop's not working properly. So basically, we've got these principles called between the sheets. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you go, you go, and I'm going to try and see if I can. You're going to see if you can screen share. So yeah, we've yeah. got these principles. So um, this kind of came about from my book. I wrote a book a few years back called A Piece of the Pie. And what I started to sort of document was how I manage our family as a mom and, and business and all that sort of stuff. And I kind of was just sharing it because I thought, well, it's really small, but it's, it was just information that I could give to parents or people that can help them. Fast forward a few a few months down the line, Nathan's like, wait there. Each one of these can be like broken down further. And then when we started to look at it, we, I realized that there's even more things that we've started to adopt and do. So I started to write the second book, the second part of the book called Between the Sheets. And it's very raunchy sounding, <laughs> but it's not, it's not necessarily that kind of sheets we're talking about. They're all individual sheets of paper or individual principles that we use to help us to manage our uh, relationship in terms of business. There's, I think there's about 14 different sheets, actually. Um, but I won't tell you all of them because we haven't got all day and night. Um, well, no, I'll give you a quick you list. Can give the, yeah, you can yeah. give the quick list. You're better at the, 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 than I am. So we've got our Monday meetings. Monday meetings. So these are just to give a context because someone, if there's a couple that's going to watch this or even, I don't know. Whoever. Yeah. It's important to understand that every sheet was birthed out of a challenge. Yeah. Okay. We created a system to help tackle that challenge, yeah? So even though it sounds quite nice and it is quite nice at the moment and if we have a system, there's a flow, there's the energy. Everything was because of experience. So there's a principle we do called our Monday morning meetings. So every Monday, we have a meeting around 8.30, whereby we talk through the whole calendar of the week. And on, in this meeting, so sometimes that could be together. So if it's a, during a school run, I'll park up and we'll have the conversation. Mm -hmm. We'll go through the calendar for the week. We'll look at the logistic plan of the week and say, okay, who needs to be where? What meetings are happening? What's in the diary? But it also uncovers the, the girls' stuff as well. So the children's activities are in this meeting. Okay, so that's good. What's happened before is Nathan's got to be at a meeting at the same time he's supposed to be at school run or doing something else. Yes. So it's to alleviate that who's supposed to be where when uh, or where are the girls even. Yeah. <laughs> that one, that, that's come in handy, hasn't it? Yeah. So Monday meeting, in that conversation, it flanks up any logistical issues like where we're supposed to be. Mm. A second principle is our Google shared calendar. Yeah. So that is a color-coded calendar. I don't know if I can, I don't think it's going to be that popular because obviously we're in the kind of lockdown yeah. time or whatever There's you still want to call stuff this. in there, but, um, It looks like... Oh, yeah, it's not going to be like the background. Right. <laughs> yes, but you can imagine, it's a very colorful calendar with different colors for different areas of our life. So blue represents family, yeah? Yellow represents business stuff. Um, red is like an emergency action. And I think this, um, what, is there purple as well? Yeah, purple's like personal. Yeah, me, personal. Personal for you. So what happens, I just as a snapshot looking at the calendar, you can see all the stuff that's happening yeah. and everything's colour-coded. So it doesn't matter where I am or where Sabrina is, I can look at the calendar and know where Sabrina is because it's in the calendar. So that's an important point, point that helps us to manage logistically. A, a third sheet would be our checking-in. Checking-in is a principle that we and Sabrina have. Okay. We have four daughters together and 
sometimes we can get lost as a couple, as a, a married couple, in the midst of our business. So the times change, but the principle hasn't. So there was a period though in our life for about four or five years where at eight o'clock, our children have gone to bed and that would be our time. No phones, no TV, no tablets, nothing. It would just be time for me and Sabrina to check in on an emotional level. So that, that conversation could be something like, Sabrina, how are you doing? Um, okay, which isn't the right answer. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, why are you, why are you okay? okay? I'm fine. That's not enough. A bit more, a bit more, a bit more. And then you just have a conversation. Yeah. During that conversation, we probably have a cup of tea. Sometimes we have a treat. We eat loads. Sometimes we don't eat, whatever. (laughs) But it's just our time, no children. And that is something we don't do once a week. It's every day, Monday to Friday, checking in. The times change because our children have gotten older, but the principle still remains. Um, There's another principle around, let me think of the next one. Finance. Finances. Every Friday, we have a financial meeting. We have a folder that has inside that folder an agenda. The agenda will go with, because we're faith-based, we pray at the start. We check our account. Uh, we um, check all our account balances. Then we make a list of actions that we need to take. We look at invoices or payments that are due in. We reconcile that with QuickBooks or whatever platform we're using. Um, and then we, did, we, we fulfill those actions that we need to do. And that's a action like list yeah. an agenda item meeting that we do so we find that that helps us to understand where we're really at what is the financial picture weekly very very important um reason why that one was kind of created was because we have a joint account and early in the marriage um sabrina's got a card i've got a card in a week um, i go say starbucks and subway three or four times that yeah. adds up to 20 pound Sabrina's popped into Tesco and seen some nice types with the girls. Long story short, she's spending um, £20. In a five-week yeah. month, £20 each week is, what, £100 each? Yeah. So you combine that £100 each, is £200. And there was times when, like, the Sky Bill or whatever, the direct debit was bouncing. Yeah, yeah. And we were getting into kind of, That's you know, heated you conversations, think. like, who's took the money? Because the money was there. But we're not realizing that 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 little four pound here, that tap here, the three pound here, yeah. was adding up to probably twenty pound each. Hyper, you know, it's not the exact amount of unaccounted, uncommunicated spend. But then when you times that twenty pound a week by yeah. five weeks, it's two hundred pound, and two hundred pound is money yeah. towards counter tax, whatever, whatever. Um, so we said, you know what, Sabrina, we need a routine to communicate things. And then what we did was um, we wrote policies against all of our bank accounts. So we run about six different bank cards, literally. Business account, personal account, um, the joint account, saving account, and then a food shopping account. So when we get paid, we transfer a specific budget into an actual bank card. For food. For food. And and that's it. So, and what we're trying to, sometimes during lockdown, to be honest, not Sabrina, but we have come out of our budget, but that's because we're spending more food-wise. Yeah. But what the but what the ideal principle of that is is that we, when the money's finished, it's finished, and it keeps us to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in our personal accounts, we do personal things because before we were just doing everything, everything and anything out of the same place, the same joint account, and it's and it's causing just, just chaos. So we have a personal account with our own personal budgets that we give ourselves. 
and then th- things like haircuts or makeup yeah. or personal things that you want to get come out of the clothes shopping whatever you want to do comes out of that mm-hmm. um but we even this year and that for last year actually looked at birthdays girls birthdays and just sort of budgeted for those and mm-hmm. so really tried sort of developed a, a plan really just yeah. more of a plan of action for what we do with our finances because mm-hmm. we know that for, for families um money is like a massive thing in relationships that can cause crazy crazy times so we're just trying our best to alleviate any of those issues. Yeah, actually, if you research, the biggest reasons why relationships fail is because of financial yes. disputes. Of course. Uh, yeah, and um, yeah, so that that really really helps it, it, it because it's done in a kind of like real meeting and we have folders that come out. Yeah, yeah. What happens in that you find is that it's structured, isn't it? It's a structured it's, meeting. Yeah. And it takes out the emotion. Yeah, it's not yes. personal when it's like that. It's just yeah. Before sometimes those conversations can be quite. Oh, it's accusative. Yeah. Who's it's a, it's that a factual conversation, isn't it? It's like, here's yeah. the sums, where's the money gone? Like, that's yeah, where's it. the money? And it just keeps it very non-personal. It's just professional. And we know where we are and we move on to the next week. A week. What, people, what people might not realise is how much you've had to build that up. Because I remember you used to, um, used to make um, videos, didn't you, um, Nathan, where you talk about just stuff, I used to watch it. I remember yeah. you talking about that when you moved into where you are now, you had nothing. You guys okay. rocked up. I always remember you saying, saying to me, like saying on the video, that you moved in with nothing, and you used to bring a look around and said, "What, what, what do we do now?" So this yeah. is a, you. You two aren't from privileged backgrounds, and somebody's told you how to budget. I no, know no, you've no. come from. You've come from. The yeah, we, we come up. Yeah. Yeah, we, we celebrated our 15 year wedding anniversary. 14 years, <laughs> sorry, not 15 year. That's. Um, something else yeah. but um what was interesting we told a story about a time when before we had some money in the account we know we had a little bit of money but we didn't know it was that little mm-hmm. so we've gone to the cash machine to withdraw money and the cash yeah. machine is like the minimum 10 pound in it we didn't have 10 pounds so we had to go into the bank and we only could scrape out five pound and that was five pound to our name this is like years ago and i remember like we held the five pound in the middle of the street um, we said a prayer and we said, God, you're going to have to help mm-hmm. us because we don't know how we're going to manage off this. And then we went to Iceland and we've done some shopping, you remember? <laughs> yeah, tiny little bit of shopping, but it was okay. Yeah, and then in that same season, we was doing what we called whoops whoops shopping. So if any, I don't know, As in your area, if anyone, stickers. so it's yellow sticking, like whoops, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, been yeah. discounted. So we worked out the times when the s- supermarkets would um, reduce items and then we'd work it out and then go into the shop, buy the stuff and that would feed us for a few days or three days. And that's how we was living. And, you know, I'm glad you raised this point because we, I would say, you know, I always use the analogy that life's like seasons, mm-hmm. that you have your summer, you have your winters when it's really cold and you can probably feel isolated. And sometimes you go through autumn where it feels like people are dropping off and things are dropping off. Mm-hmm. And then you go into your spring when it's new opportunities. And what's sometimes frustrating is that people are seeing us in our summer. Now, this is a summer. Yeah. This is a manifestation. We're on your platform. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. People are going to hear our story. It's going to sound hopefully encouraging to people. But I want everyone to understand that we didn't start this way. Mm-hmm. And we know that we are... It's a long time of working hard, going without, not going anywhere. Like, we took a picture. We showed it on a video the other day of the first time me and Nathan actually went out together without the girls and it had been about four or five years where we actually could go out for a night out just the two of us 
that didn't happen. One, we didn't have the finance, or two, we didn't have a childcare scenario yeah, situation because you get a childcare for four, four is just okay. like <laughs> people don't want that. So, <laughs> so what's in, you know what I'm saying? I think that's so important that like yes. I think you know, especially in a digital age, and, and you know, you can see that you know I try and post my best pictures. We try and post our best pictures. Yeah. But there's a lot of work, there's a lot of effort that's come behind that. People may, especially if you follow me on some of my social media, you may have seen that, oh, last year or this year you went this place for Christmas. But we've had more years of not, not being able to go in a way. Years than we've been away. And it's like some people just misunderstand that, misunderstand the hard work, the sacrifice that we've made. And now we're probably seeing some of the fruits of that work. But people see the fruits in us. Man, you worked for them fruits. Yeah, yeah, there's a root to every fruit, man. <laughs> I, I said today, it's really weird. Today, I've just put on Facebook that this is the best I've been in my life. I can't tell you how it's happened, but I'm in the best job. I am the best in my house. I'm the best in myself. Life's funny like that. It will come back to you. Have I got everything I need? Yes. I, don't, I haven't got everything I want, but I've got everything I need. And I think you two, this is why you're here. You represent that actually working hard gets you where you want. That's what gets you there. Working mm-hmm. hard at life, relationships, love, children. And you represent that for me. I hope that you get yeah. that for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Thank, you. Thank you so much. I really want to, if I can, um, Kendra, is yeah. I want to speak to someone who may be watching this, who's from that real rough place, that place where it's like, are oh, you guys sound all nice and glossy? Mm. I'm talking about when you live in council estate life and there's no carpet in the house, there's no wallpaper, the cupboards in the kitchen are falling off and you got to wait for the council to come to your house and fix stuff because you just don't have the power. I want to speak to that person that maybe the kids are screaming and you feel that there's nothing that you can do. Yeah. I want to say that I am someone in my earlier, in my juvenile years, I made mistakes and had to go to youth offending prison. I'm someone that came from a council house estate, but I've worked hard through faith, through prayer, through just not giving up, through visualizing, through hard work, through sacrificing sometimes sleep. And I'm telling you, I don't live that life no more. Our kids go to some of the best schools where we live. Like I drive the most ideal car ever. Like I've been driving that car awesome it's a german whip i won't say no more and i'm saying it's a car that i really want and you know i've been able to take my family away back to where my grandparents come from jamaica and do an all-inclusive holiday i've we went to florida last year i drove the absolute best car that i could find from the rental company it was a um, cadillac escalade six point something v8 it was a dream to drive it had a refrigerator in there and i'm like Looking in the mirror, thinking, Nathan, oh my God. Whose life is this? <laughs> who, is, who is this? And I just want to encourage that person that just like, you might come by this by accident, but I don't believe it's accident. I don't believe you're listening to this by accident. Like, this is for you. I want you to know that we're here for you, the most broken, abandoned in society, to let you know that everybody has a God given purpose. I don't know who you are. And the fact to just speak that, because I know that, you know, especially in like, that part of the UK is kind of like an abandoned. There's not resources in certain parts of Kent. You know, when I was a kid, I grew up, um, not grew up, but spent a lot of summer holidays around what I now, I think is nicknamed Drugstable, but I think it's called Wixtable. Yeah. So, you know, I used to be around Wixtable, 
but now like when I've gone back there as an adult, people tell me, oh, there's a real bad drug problem, there's real, real bad this and that happening. You know, I know the Canterbury area, I know Margate, we used to go Margate regular. So I know there's certain nuts and crannies around those parts of the UK where there's real hardship, there's real isolation, they don't have what we have here in the, in the Midlands, the city, they would say. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that, just I to encourage that person that you can become a great success in your life. I think anyone hearing that, can you imagine being in lockdown with no garden or no nothing? Right now, your kids are screaming, mm-hmm. you've got no money. What you've just said there, if anybody watched that, would make them think, maybe, maybe it is going to get better. And you two are the proof that it would get better. You're an inspiration to 100%. people like me. To people like me who've sort of given up on that part of my life, I think, oh, everything keeps going wrong. I've watched you along the way and gone, look at these two, man. They're just kidding the game. And, and that's why I love it. Always. Okay, I end the interview asking the same question. So obviously you've got to ask answer separately. I want to know what you've learned about yourself during lockdown. So we'll come to Nathan first because we're end with Sabrina, obviously. So mm-hmm. Nathan, have a think. Have you have you learned anything about yourself in lockdown or about others? Yeah, I think that I've learned that I love a challenge. <laughs> Like I have thrived so much in lockdown. Okay. I've loved it. I've, it's been like a, it's not a game, but it's been like a game to me. You know, people really have lost people. I've not not because of COVID, but I lost my granddad through during this time, and I had to do a, um, a social distancing funeral. And I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. But in terms of just the challenge of okay, we're locked down, so I realised that I do know it anyway. But I'm really creative. So we've created some amazing ideas. We've like, we've had four birthdays while we've been <laughs> locked down. Yeah. And every birthday has been absolutely, we're in the same house. The rooms haven't changed, but we've added a little. So basically our last birthday we've done, which is our daughter's eighth birthday, we, we decided to make it be like an Alice in Wonderland theme. So we made like, we, 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 we um, delayed how we gave her the presents. We hid presents in different rooms. We, we painted up some cards and just dressed the house and it made it look like Alice in Wonderland. Land. And we got a pop-up tent and got some lights and put in the tent and got some soft cushions and stuff. Like really just thinking outside the box and yeah. had a tea party and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's just amazing like what the resources that we've done. We've created TPs, like t-shirts with the dye and stuff. And tie-dye. Tie-dye, sorry. So yeah, I've just, I've just learned that I am resilient, that I'm made of something good, <laughs> you know, and that, um, um, yeah, just that we, that we can overcome a lot. We can come overcome anything if we put our mind to it. I think very much. I, I've really thrived. I didn't initially. I was like, lockdown, it's, it's the end of the world. But I thrived. And my aunt passed away three days ago. And they've told us it's a social distance funeral. And I don't know how I feel about that. So hearing you say that you've been through it makes me feel like, okay, you know, people are experiencing these things. It's hard. I, 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 I'll be honest. It's, I don't know how your family do it in, in terms of culture, but in the African Caribbean culture, like we would normally have what we call nine nights so every day we'd be at each other's houses having big cook-up food drinks dominoes card playing drinking and music playing praying all that kind of stuff and then we'd have a big gathering at the funeral the graveside and then we'd have a, a wake 
and and what the wake is is like the food, drink, music playing, but there's none of that, and it's only like six people allowed. Um, so that was for me. I was really traumatized for about three days, man. It was that was actually this might sound a bit weird, but that was more harder than losing my granddad. The fact that I was carry out, yeah, I get that. I get that. I was at a funeral. I couldn't. I couldn't touch or hold um, my loved ones. It was. That was hot. It was rough, man. So it's good to it's good to see that for people listening to this, because I know lots of people have lost people. It's good to know that we're all we're all struggling. None of us know how to deal with that part of it, you know. Mm-hmm, definitely. Okay, Sabrina, you're going to end. What have you learned during lockdown? If anything, you might not have learned anything. Oh gosh, that's not true. I've learned lots. <laughs> <laughs> I, if anything, more than ever, I've realised that I really don't know how to sit down. Um, <laughs> I really struggle to rest and keep still. That has been my biggest um, thing, and it's actually something that I've had to sort of look at and think: yeah. How am I gonna do this? Because I'm just used to running around after everybody all the time. I run around after girls, after Nathan for business, and this and that. And so it's been it's been really um, not a struggle, but it's just been like, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, and I've kind of had to like think, what do I do that's just for me? Um, because again, I'm quite hands-on. I'm very much about everybody else and less about me, but I more think about how everyone else in the house is feeling. How is there everything that everybody needs? You know, the homeschooling thing, everything. Like I've just been thinking everybody else and I've kind of discounted myself in that, which um obviously isn't good so I need to we're trying to work out what I'm going to do what I, what I like to do for myself I have started coloring like coloring books I've got oh, those like that kaleidoscopic coloring book things that are like color by numbers yeah, it's not yeah. like a children's one it's like real they're you actually should, quite you should try diamond art Sabrina they, they've got this diamond art where you get these little diamonds and you create the picture it's addictive it's so relaxing <laughs> I'm the same as you I can't relax this diamond art thing's mad. You should try that. <laughs> um, I might just pick you up on that because honestly, I'm, once I've done my colouring books, like I've done so many that my felt tips are starting to die. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to need to think of something else. But yeah, I've, I've learned that. But I also realised how much I like to be around my husband and my family. And I've really enjoyed having them having them around and, and, and spending quality time with each other. That's been fantastic. I've really loved that. Oh, that's brilliant. What about the four questions, Bob, that you got? What? The four questions that you got? Yes. So, okay. So, I um, every morning or evening, depending on how the day takes me, I tend to write in my journal. And I've, I, at the beginning of lockdown, I didn't write anything because I didn't know what I was feeling, thinking. It was just, my head was just full. Um, it was just like whoosh, a lot of stuff. But then a few days later probably a few weeks later I was sat with my journal and I had four key questions that came to me the first one was how have you been feeling over the last six weeks so that was just like a list bullet point list of emotions that I'd been through um fear anxiety all of that rest of then the next question was but what are you grateful for and so I started to write down all the things that I've been grateful for. I was like writing Zooms down and birthdays and things like that. The next one after that I wrote was, um, so what are you going to, what do you want to change? What do you want to change in this time? So I wrote those down. And the last thing was, 
which I think is really important for everybody. The, the, the piece of advice I would give after this was to have a plan because this period of time is really good for reflection and introspection, but we've got to have an action plan at the end of it. So the, the last thing was, what was the action plan? What's your post lockdown action plan going to be? What are you going to do? What are you going to, because nothing's the same now. Like the guys have changed, everything's changed. So what do you want to create? Yeah, can't just be, you can't just, just, go can't just be the plan to go KFC, McDonald's, <laughs> go shopping. Like what do you want to do? <laughs> Nando's. We're going to be thinking big, but it's an opportunity to really create, design, and build the life that you want to have. Now, I think we've got oh, to do it. So, I'll leave you with that. Yeah, I mean, you literally, how lucky are you to have that as your wife, Nathan? Like, literally, the woman, I just want to get her because she just makes me feel good. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, thank you for being interviewed. It's been as always, brilliant. So I thank you and I hope that it was good. I hope you enjoyed it. Awesome. Did, thank so you. Say to you, congratulations on doing this. Thank you very um, much. I believe uh, one of your organisations is called Out of the Shadows. Yes. Sometimes in life, like we try something and it doesn't work how we see in the full vision of our mind. But remember, it's about seasons. Mm -hmm. And I believe that this is your season now where you will emerge out of the shadow and come into the light and that as you start to come out of the light and emerge i believe that doors and opportunities are going to come for you so don't be discouraged keep going yeah. you are blessed there's a reason why you are still here after every single thing that you've been through you know all the ordeals you know your story you know you don't need no one to tell you or remind you that but i believe that your latter shall be greater yeah that what you're about to go into is going to be phenomenal so just have your arms your hands ready to receive the new season. <laughs> I love that. Right, I'm going to press stop. Wait a minute.